Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for part two of Eric's Best of 2020. If you tuned in on the first one, he counted down his top 10 EPs of 2020. Now he's going to do his top 11 LPs. And if you're wondering why it's 11, it's because he can. I can. It's <laughs> my list. I'll do whatever the hell I want. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was... Uh... And this is a bit of a more reserved version of the original list I had. You compare, again, I think I said this the last episode, but you compare it to the lists I had uh, last year. I was trying not to make it like a top 50. I was barely able to make it just a top 21, I think. (laughs) That's still pretty good. It's hard to compare EPs, LPs together anyway. When you're getting, you know, three to six or so tracks compared to albums that are putting out 10, 12 or more tracks, right? When you're getting, yeah. you know, double the content or more, it's hard to compare apples to apples at that point. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. The way that I see it is like a EP is a good stepping stone in between albums. So it's like, I base that on how excited the uh, EP is making me for what is to come. Sure. You know, kind of like in the same way how they put demos and singles out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I look at it as like a, an EP. It's almost an album. Almost an album. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> there. The, yeah, and now the albums is like the uh, end result of that hype to see if they uh, live up to what they were, uh, what they were building up. Right. And, and yet, I have 11 albums here from 11 different bands who did live up to that hype. Excellent. Yeah, quite a yeah, quite a bit. So, and and yeah, I was thinking of doing a bit of an honorable mentions list, but I never really quite got around to it. So, I don't know. There are some albums that I wanted to add, but just uh, didn't quite make the cut. So, fair enough. But but yeah, I'll give some. Uh, I'll give some. Uh, what is it? Some headway to them, I guess. Some some promotion because they are good albums, and maybe it is something that you will listen to, all, all you people out there listening, and maybe that you find something and think, "Oh, he's a dumbass. Why didn't he think that this was good enough?" <laughs> <laughs> well, people will just have to tune into the upcoming SLC Punkcast episodes, where I'm sure you will play those. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> Only one way to find out. Yeah, but, Tune in. Yep. Exactly. You know, <laughs> and this is us. These are basically the EP episodes. <laughs> yes. We're building up hype to what is going to be played in the future, sort of. Absolutely. If it was good, you can expect that you'll hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah at one point, I think that these albums are so good. I basically played... Uh, half of and if not almost the full albums on previous episodes <laughs> that's true i have a feeling yeah. we've played uh i think all of at this point the the new project sellout release sold out that came out in january and i have a feeling it'll probably end up on your top ep list for next year uh-huh 
and it's, we'll have uh, already played all of it. So, but by the time we'll, you know, you'll be playing that, we'll it'll been a lot of months since we played those tracks. Oh yeah, and I'm already looking forward to quite a few releases of this year. I already know PSO Project Sellout, Freudian Slip, is going to make it. <laughs> it. They're already on the list, but I'm still waiting for the new I Hate God. I'm waiting for the new Amiga the Devil. I am excited as what's going to be coming out this year. But we're right. not talking about the future. We're talking about the past. We're talking about last year's good albums. And sure, right. it may be almost March right now, but and when you listen to this, it's going to be March. So hopefully, you still have a you still have a precise memory as to what came out last year, and you still we're still pretty fresh into the new year. So we're still shaking off 2020 from us. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So but let's not start just in the musical sense. Either <laughs> let's get into your list. Let's get into the top LPs. Uh, you're going to start with number eleven. Yeah, I'm going to start with number eleven. Or I figured I'd just start with number eight and then see where it goes from there. <laughs> right, just do some random, like, spin the wheel and whatever happens to land on. If number one happens to be first or somewhere in the middle, then, spoiler alert, it's coming out of order. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I can't do that. I prefer the uh, I prefer the build-up. All right. So, we'll go traditional so, on this one. Yeah, I'm a traditionalist in this sense. <laughs> so, yeah. You, besides, that's going to steal your your thunder. You're doing it more at a kind of a random choosing. Yes, a bit a bit random when we get to mine. So next week, tune in and you'll get mine. It'll be random. Yes. And speaking of your list, I'm pretty sure that this is going to. Uh, uh, this one is definitely making the cut. And that's uh, number eleven, Mob Mentality's album dedication. You are correct. It it is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yep, I can't help but call call it. But yeah, Mob Mentality's dedication. This is the best boy album I have heard in a long time. Just super solid and just super catchy track for track. Everything was just uh displaying a different message and just the cohesion of it all. It just all felt so solid. You know, I loved it. I loved it so much. I even did a review on it on my own time on the on Sagan's youth site. If you yeah, if you haven't read it yet, please do. Please check it out to get a more cohesive study on the album and how I really like uh, display my feelings for it. Right. Other than just uh, this album was awesome. Listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give I'll give you an uh, an abridged version. It does hold true to the uh, skinhead ethos. It talks about. Uh, being in the working class and uh, having to uh, uh, sincerely work hard, keeping up the work ethic to make your ends meet. and But also, it's just kind of looking at the people who uh, take it at face value. It's like, oh, I'm wearing Doc Martens and I shaved my head. I'm a skinhead now, but I still live in my mom's basement because I don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. They They don't say it outright, but they do heed a little bit on that side because they are some songs on there where they're like calling people out because they're just uh, adopting the skinhead vibe just to be violent and right. just to cause trouble and just to make problems and it's like you're not helping <laughs> you're just making it worse for us right <laughs> kind of similar to how uh, uh mandalore's song x punk x was uh 
uh, was doing that, but it wasn't talking about skinheads. It was talking about the punks in general. Right. Yeah. But mob mentality, they are skinheads. That's their culture. That's what they, uh, that is how they live. That is the, the thing that they adhere to. And it is accurately displayed on this album and right into the title itself, Dedication. Like, yep, I do not doubt that at all. These guys have it. These guys will go to the grave as skinheads. Quick side note, uh, if, you, if you liked it, but anybody else that likes it as well, in 2020, October 16th, they came out with the split, Mob Mentality did, uh, with The Warriors, yes. which is out on Lake Town Records. You can get it on Liberty and Death or Liberty or Death Records. Uh, two tracks on there in certain times, and Good Friends, along with two tracks from The Warriors. And on top of that, just on Friday, on the 26th, also Lake Town Records, and Liberty or Death Records, and I think you might be able to get it somewhere else, but you go look that up yourself. We'll be talking about it on future episodes. Point is, two new tracks from Mob Mentality on there, along with several other bands. This is about Mob Mentality, so I'm not going to go over those other bands right now, but two new tracks for, from Mob Mentality, including Forever Loyal and Boiling Point. So uh, for Eric and anybody else, Great album that came out during last year, but they also put out four tracks on a compilation and a split since then. Yes, they did. Yeah, and it's not the Warriors to be confused with the uh, hardcore band, the Warriors. Right. <laughs> yeah, or the, you know, the Cox Bar song. Yes. <laughs> Never forget the Warriors, Warriors. Absolutely, yes. That just goes to show how, uh, how much that band has inspired multiple skinhead bands <laughs> definitely great band good stuff back to eric i, I paused yep. in the middle of there to throw out just there's new tracks from that band but back on yep yeah and, and anyway the you know mom mentality they are still going they are you know they're sticking to their guns they're still releasing amazing music and and yeah that's a, that's the best skinhead album of uh, 2020 right there dedication by mob mentality Right. Number 11, opening up this list. Number 10, we are staying within the uh, state lines. <laughs> this is a, yeah, I do have a couple of, uh, of local releases on here, and this is the first. This is a band called Goat Sifter. Goat Sifter. They are a, they are a band who has been around for a long time. They, I don't know, at least part of a decade, and they had no releases under their belt, really. They were kind of living the same lifestyle as the uh, as the band Dubbed, whom I I talked about on this podcast forever ago. But how they were a band for ten years, only released a couple of singles, but never could quite get around to releasing a a full length or even an EP. Just for just for weird reasons, Goat Sifter was kind of in the same boat, <laughs> and right down to the fact that they had. They had the same bassist in both bands, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Mike the Bass, who is a phenomenal bassist, and it really shows on this record. But but yeah, they finally got around to uh, uh, to recording and releasing this record called Real Villains, and man, is it heavy! It's got a lot of uh, it. Just sounds like Western punk, like old West, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it just sounds like a, it sounds like a product of its environment. Because yeah, we do live in a, 
in a semi-desert state. We're just up in the mountains, but it is a desert. Yes. <laughs> it's still got a... And yeah, it just sounds hot. It sounds like a it sounds like a red rock. It just sounds like it's coming up from the sand. It's a and it's just brutalizing that way. And and yeah, I do have a song that I want to show off on here. I showed off the song Apocalypse just to show how heavy these guys can be. But they really just kind of bounce around on this record in a in the best way. I believe it's the best way cuz you know, why else wouldn't it what why would it be on here? Right. <laughs> yeah, Because you can only get away with bouncing around so much. But these guys, they bounce around within the confines of their sound. So you still know it's a Goat Sifter song. But right down to the fact that they have a song on here that is sung entirely in Spanish, which is Casadora de los Condotores. Which, well, yeah, which I put into Google Translate and it comes out as Driver's Huntress. Okay. Yeah, I was going to try to venture a guess of sorts, but yeah, that was nothing near so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the driver's huntress. Okay. And and yeah, it just sounds like one of those uh, showdown tracks in one of them old western towns, and just kind of the aftermath. It just sounds like a it just sounds like a bludgeoning experience in one of those uh, western villages. People riding on horses, shooting off their uh, their Colt forty fives. <laughs> It just sounds, yeah, it sounds like a romanticized Western, but that's just what comes to mind when I hear this song. So, so yeah, I really wanted to give this, uh, uh, give this some uh, love on this one, just to, just to kind of urge you to go check out Goat Sifter, because they are one of the better, one of the better punk rock bands that have come out of our state. So, yeah, here's the song, Casadora de los Condatores, from Goat Sifter.
say that. Yep, there you go. So, yeah, that's a bit of a red herring in this album because the rest of it is uh, uh, mostly straightforward, uh, hardcore punk rock. And But yeah, I just really love the musicianship on here. It's still rolling in a lot of... Uh, a lot of old school blues tracks right there. And then you kind of have this uh, hardcore appeal to it, particularly in the last song. If there's another song I can suggest from this is uh, the final one where it's named after the four horsemen of the apocalypse, war, disease, famine, death. Okay. You know? <laughs> and yeah, that one is just heavy by all rights. It's got a nice little uh, chuggy hardcore bit in there where it sounds pretty breakdown in the midst of all this uh in the midst of all this heavy punk rock like it doesn't sound like proper hardcore but it doesn't sound like proper punk rock it exists right in the middle and it's uh and it's wonderful and yeah another thing i really got to point out a lot of those times you can hear uh mike the bass just really just strolling around on his fretboard in between strings i mean that guy is a phenomenal bass player it was a one of the reasons why I always went and saw Goat Sifter live was to watch him just uh, have his watch his fingers dance around on his bass. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome, and that's the that's the beautiful thing. A lot of his lines are improvised. He just makes them up as he uh, as he goes along. It's like, show me the root note. Okay, I'll go as I please. Kind of a Matt Freeman approach. Cool. Yeah. So so yeah, that was Goat Sifter. Real villains. Wonderful album. That was my number ten. Moving on from there, we have number nine, Old Ghosts, the album Crow. Good one. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a that was a great one. Uh, and yeah, Old Ghosts came about me as sort of a, in sort of a surprise. They, if you remember, I discovered them uh, through doing a uh, split compilation with the band Bystander for the One Hundred for Haiti. Right. Yeah, and. And then I was like, okay, if Old Ghost is on a split with Bystander, then they must be good. I was correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they have an, an oodle of releases going all the way back to 2012. And yeah, obviously they're still releasing music, uh, music now. Their latest full-length Crow. Oh, it's just a, just a wonderful representation of a metal-tinged hardcore with hints of melodies and stuff that's going... Uh, yeah, stuff that's a reaction to the world outside and a, you know, all the grim things that are happening to this planet or to society or in, in whatever is making them mad. And then like a, a stuff that's going on inside the mind and just how we're reacting to everything. And it's just like, why are we reacting this way? This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> True. And, and yeah, I discussed that a little more in detail when I, uh, uh, when I talked about the album on uh, on a previous podcast, I remember the, uh, uh, yeah, songs like uh, In Dust and, uh, what was it, Pray. Those were just like, <laughs> I, I can't even really describe it. Just the music blew me away and the presentation on the vocals were just like on point. I'm like, this, this is how hardcore must be. <laughs> It was, uh, you know, they're not trying to implement a ton of little uh, converge worship or or even just straight terror worship where it's like they're, they hide the ripoffs pretty well. <laughs> That's good. 
just a Benny thing, you know, hardcore. Yeah, you hear a riff and you just kind of uh, uh, rip it off a little bit. But you add a little bit more of your own spice on there. True. To kind of, you know, to kind of uh, hide, you know, to disguise the fact that you're uh, copying somebody. <laughs> I know that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I do believe Old Ghost is a very, uh, they got a very unique sound going on for them right now. And I have a unique sound because they haven't changed much since uh, their first release in 2012. Right. Yeah. And it was just a, yeah, it's just the, the thing that I love is like the, uh, the lyrics are stuff that makes you think, you know, particularly in, uh, in the song lead sinks. It's the, yeah, it was a song really about, uh, you know, a metaphor for drowning, you know, drowning in your own thoughts, drowning in your, drowning in your emotion. I'm kind of ad-libbing a disembodied song now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised if this uh, inspired it, but, but yeah, like the first lyrics you hear, prepare for the worst that is yet to come when disaster strikes and there's nowhere to run. When the rain is falling down and the wall are crumbling, the walls are crumbling in. When the levee breaks, we'll sink or swim. I can feel it. Can you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just a uh, yeah, a lot of uh, straightforward messages, but the lyrics themselves are just presented in a way where you just kind of have to sit on them. Yeah, okay, and you just kind of you just kind of create your own vision from that. Right. So I love that hardcore bands and, and metalcore bands. I mean, you can you can disguise you can see these guys as uh, either either or genre, in my opinion. Right. It's nice to know that they're still doing that. Where it's like, uh, yeah, our music may be heavy, but our lyrics we're trying to make them as thought provoking as possible. Yes. Why else? Why else do we exist? Hardcore is about making people think, making people question. So. So yes, old ghost crow. Listen to this album if you love if you love your hardcore on the heavier side, maybe on the more metallic side. Yeah, you'll find something in this album that you really enjoy. Yes, you will. It was a good Indeed. one. All right, and uh, moving on from there, number eight, we come in with Gulch, the album Impenetrable Cerebral Fortress. Out of a mouthful for an album title, but oh. <laughs> They have a mouthful of uh, music on here, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I love the I love this album. It was uh, thrown on me at kind of the uh, kind of the last minute in the sense I was uh, in the sense I was about to fall asleep. I got a text from my friend. It was a uh, link to a band camp, and I was like, uh, okay, I'll listen to it. And I saw that the tracks were like only a minute and a half long for the most part. Uh, I guess I can listen to it. And there's only eight tracks. And I ended up listening to it twice that night. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And these guys, yeah, when listening to them, they remind me. They remind me a lot of the old school uh, crack rock bands. You know, you think of all the leftover crack bands and their uh, cerebral clones. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you kind of take out the uh, you take out the ska element of this band, and you just add like a sort of uh, black metal infused uh, power violence, even some grindcore in there. They had a lot of songs where it's just so heavy. They could be a metal band, 
but they're still punk in a way. Not exactly crossover thrash or like a metallic hardcore or anything like that. They are their own thing. Pretty amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and yeah, like uh, when you listen to it, it's just uh, yeah, you don't really focus so much on genreizing. You just focus so much on how a band could just be so disturbing because <laughs> because that's what it felt like it didn't it just felt harsh and you can just feel like the anger and aggression in every single track like lie deny sanctify <laughs> yeah it's a yeah it was some good stuff like i i didn't sit too much on the uh on the lyrics as much as i did the music because the music just uh it could just turn on a dime. It could just be so like, it could be serene at times, but then it just punches out of nowhere with these little thrashy bits. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then it slows down a little bit and it's like, okay, this is a uh, punk rock again, but what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> and before they even could answer the question, the song ends. All right. I guess we're moving forward. Abrupt. Yeah. It really is. That's a yeah. It's like a really. Uh, it's like a uh, you'd look at this as a Mortal Kombat game, you know, but you like <laughs> unlock a code where what seems like one punch is actually ten punch, but it happens so fast you don't even notice. <laughs> That's what this album is. <laughs> That's great. So, so yes, do yourself do yourself a favor if you're into like a weird heavy punk rock like that that is on the power violence side on the uh, grindcore side and on the crack rock side gulch just gulch they got multiple albums and releases out you you'd be doing yourself a favor by listening to them they are wonderful great yeah so coming from there we have something of complete opposite presentation we have primitive man with the album Immersion. And I think I can uh, describe the, the band best. It's a forceful presentation bolstered, and it bolsters the image of procreating monoliths. You know, you think to where the creation of every note on every release, uh, those smoths are as... Though they are smaller, it's equally powerful. You know, you think of a monolith, you know, a giant 2001 A Space Odyssey type monolith, but it's cons- but it's uh, created of little separate monoliths. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's like a big monolith. Then the semi-smaller monoliths are their albums, and they are made of even smaller monoliths. But each one represents the gigantic riffs of every release of Primitive Man. <laughs> Because that's what they are. It just feels like a, yeah, it just feels, they feel like a building blocks of just this, uh, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I'm not going to repeat it, but yeah, that's what it, that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, a, a primitive man, they have scoured the planet with the, just a sludgy excretion and just overly distorted, dense, vocals and like i can't even tell you how heavy these guys are for me i had to experience it 
When my friend told me, you got Primitive Man? Oh, yeah, what are they like? Oh, they are the heaviest band. Okay, trust me. You'll, you'll listen to them and you'll believe me, okay? They got up on stage as soon as they struck that first note. Okay, yeah, I, you got me. <laughs> so, yeah, they don't, uh, and they don't falter on this album. Well, particularly short, a lot of people have considered this an EP, but it's got the length of an LP. Maybe not to their distinction. They have a, yeah, they have such long songs where they're released as double LPs quite a bit. So this one in the in the caliber of Primitive Man is considered an EP. Only I don't. I know we were kind of uh, going back and forth a few episodes ago on what makes an EP as to what makes an LP. And this is definitely some gray area right here. Okay. So We're so, going to yeah. call it an LP for the sake of this show, though. Yep, for the sake of it's already on the list, and <laughs> I didn't really, didn't really want to change it up a little bit. <laughs> Same thing with the Villains album, the Volume 3. Is it an EP or is it an LP? Through their caliber. I don't know. And truth be told, I really don't care. It's all about the what's on the release. I think if you want what's to get... on the, the P. <laughs> if you want to get specific, I think it is 16 minutes fits on a 7-inch. And so if it's over 16 minutes, I think 8 minutes per side, roughly. I'm not an expert there by any means. But from what I understand... So if it goes longer than that, then you're probably going to be on a 12-inch, which is then a long player. Yep. Although, uh, of the last episode, the uh, Pig Destroyer EP is an EP, although it was released on, a, on an LP. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few. Uh, Pirates Press does a great job of it. They'll do like a, a picture on one side of the disc. So it's just a picture disc on one side, and then they put the songs on the other. So at, just as you described, there'll be, you know, what would be an EP's worth of songs by time and by length or number of tracks, but because they do art that goes along with the 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 vinyl, so maybe on one side it'll come out on a 12 inch. Yep. Very true. Sometimes they're just uh, I like to see this when an L when an EP a quote EP is released, but only one side has music and the other side just has a little uh, hologram on the right. On it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I've just seen that in a few uh, LP releases, like if it's a double LP, but they only have enough tracks for uh, three sides. It's like, we have a blank fourth side. Uh, okay. Do something with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, scrolling back to uh, primitive man, the, yeah, the EP, though it is shorter, it still holds all of their pummeling, destructive features. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they're all unsettling, unsettlingly captivating. That's so, awesome. So, yeah, it, uh, it, they hold true to their low end on there, and the lyricism matches uh, the dejection of sorts with... Uh, most of the subjects pertaining to existential dread. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it is definitely like a. Yeah, we're most like albums featuring existential dread are like talking about us sinking. Here, it feels like we already sunk. We're <laughs> just kind of letting the ooze cover our bodies, and we're just absorbing it. Yeah. <laughs> And yes, that's a that is what it feels like here. And 
Yeah, their library of towering riffs is bookended with uh, penetrating amplifier feedback. Awesome. That's cool. <laughs> and, uh, it, yeah. There even is this. Yeah, there even is a song that is just infinity, you know, the infinity symbol. I don't know what it is called, but the infinity symbol, and it's just harsh noise right there. Okay. Yeah, and it seems like more and more bands of this caliber. I remember Full of Hell has done this a bit. They're known for being like a grindcore power violence, but they have a lot of stuff where it's just harsh noise. Pig Destroyer does the same thing, and now Primitive Man is also doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and it it fits. It really fits in their sound because it's about as harsh as any riff you can put on here. Right. But yeah, but for this one, it was kind of a curveball. It was like, wait, they're they're actually doing this? Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll bite. I'll listen. Another curveball for me was the song Menacing, how it just opens with uh, all these death metal blast beats and tremolo picking. It's like, okay, we're getting uh, heavy and fast right here, and then it kind of melts it back into the sludgy sound. So, so yeah, one EP, a lot of long tracks on here, but holy hell does it hold you. Awesome. And, uh, it, again, there are a lot of great metal albums that came out that are arguably better but that's all uh that's all perspective based for me one of the for me one of the best heaviest albums that came out this year was immersion from primitive man and that's why it holds number seven spot on this list excellent well what's number six number six is a wonderful punk rock band hailing from i don't know which city but they're from england right and they are called idols great band Yep, in all capitals, IDLES, I-D-L-E-S. And they had an album that came out last year called Ultra Mono. And yeah, I love the sound of uh, IDLES. They hold, a, they hold a sound in the same way that uh, Slaves do. Right. Yeah, and then it sounds uh, very old school, but still very experimental in that same way. And, and although it sounds old school, it, that experimentation makes it sound more modern like a product of its uh, time, but a good product, you know, it's something that should be looked back on with, uh, with good memories. And uh, (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's a good sound. (laughs) They've had a good sound for quite some time. The beer, what was the the album they released before that? It was a, it was kind of a long title. Joy through acts of resistance. Yes. That sounds right. Yes. Yeah, I believe it was. I just remember Joy. So, but yeah, that is that was one of my favorite albums that have uh, favorite punk albums anyway that came out in the last decade. So, had a lot of high expectations for how they're going to start off this new decade. And Ultra Mono, damn, is it a step in the right direction? That's like awesome. it is, it is just wonderful. It has such a has such a vibrant taste to it. It's got a lot of. Uh, Got a lot of nice little uh, new wavy dancey parts in there and a lot of good little singing bits from the singer himself. And and yeah, even on top of that, he's just like, <laughs> just knows when to snarl, do that kind of a Johnny Rotten approach. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, so yeah, I got nothing bad to say about Idols. Everything they've released so far, I just have albums that I think are better. And while I think that, well, I do think that Joy is the uh, 
is still holding my favorite one. I'm pretty sure Ultra Mono is coming in at a very, very close second. And and yes, while I have built, I've uh, talked and built it up a little bit, I do have a song to play from these guys. Yes, you do. It is, yep, it is the song Rain. It's got a lot of old classic uh, punk rock in there and an accurate representation of how, of how catchy and soft, but how hard and violent they can be as well in just one song. And this is the song I chose, Reigns. Let's give it, let's give it a listen, and hopefully you can understand what I'm trying to imply here. <laughs>
great track, and I definitely hear a lot of those new wave elements that you were talking about. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's got, got a lot of uh, yeah, got a lot of old school appeal to it. But damn, that aggression on there, and that uh, yeah, and that same socio political elements on there that I feel can only be rivaled by that of Refused. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're still they're still rolling strong, and I hope they continue to follow that same path because they are a wonderful band. Yes, they wonderful are. Band, wonderful musicians and wonderful songwriters. I agree. And that is why that is why they are on this list. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, that was number six. Now we are rolling into the top five. Top oh, five. Five. Oh yes, we are getting into the cream and the crop right here. And we are going to start it off with, uh, well, not exactly start it off. We're going to continue. We're going to roll into the cream of the crop of the field with a lovely band from Moscow called Jars. Yes, good band. Yeah, they are a, they are a great band. And as this album title would suggest, it is their third album. Not only their third album, their third self-titled album. Yes. Simply just Jars 3. Right. And that's it. <laughs> Enough said. Well, actually, no. Well, actually, no. That is not it because it holds nine songs on here that are just pummeling, lovely, industrial-infused fucking punk rock, fucking doom, some <laughs> little bit of a grunge in here as well, and just a just a lot of really cool noise. And it's all sung. Yeah, most of it is, but it is sung in Russian. Okay. So. Yep. So yeah, you kind of have to have Google Translate on the standby if you really want to get into what their lyrics are pertaining to. And I happen to have some right here. My (laughs) first pick that I that I chose because I am going to be showing off some of their uh, some of their songs. I don't know how to pronounce it in in their respective language, but they have the English translation. Kill Satan for that (laughs) for us to keep a. Yeah, for us, uh, for their English listeners to uh, get an idea. And the first one I chose was I Need Enemies. And this is one that uh, pertains to their more, their doomier side, kind of a slow metal type thing, but still noisy as all hell. And and yeah, on the the lyrics, uh, this is the English translation. You know, they go to take off my face, confuse me, level me to the ground and sweep me away. Take off my face, erase me level me to the ground i need enemies wow so so yeah it kind of paints the picture of uh someone being beaten into submission it's like uh it's like yeah in the just kind of in the same way it just sounds like uh when somebody joins the military and and to quote uh to kind of uh ad lib a quote from full metal jacket it's like uh they don't want uh, robots they want to build you in the they want to build you in a way where they see fit okay they're not trying to make you yeah they're not trying to make you a machine they're trying to make you a killer right yeah and really that stuff can uh really that can be pertained in any group any any type of uh, community of which you join and it's just like the the old quote for bad religion, any authoritarian group that strips you of your identity and builds you up in their own vision to take away your personality, that is a bad religion. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. And that goes across all 
all grounds, whether you're joining the military or hired by a corporation, you have a religion, you know, if it takes away your personality, if it takes off your face and confuses you, sweeps you away and brings in a new you that they like, that's what it is. That's what I'm getting from this song right here. Okay. It's like, I need enemies. So yeah, let's, uh, so yeah, let's give, uh, I need enemies a listen. It is a bit of a longer one, just over six minutes, but honestly, you don't see it go by that fast. Okay. All right. Here goes.
still has some left. But as it winds down, Eric, you have another track. <laughs> yes, I do have another track, and this is kind of my uh, this is kind of my apology for listening to a lot of long songs because this is the first of uh, I think five songs that go past the five minute mark <laughs> that I have on this episode. I'm I'm sorry, I can't help it, but they're good songs, so I just have to, you know. But I'm not gonna take up so, too much more time with talking about that one. You get the idea. This other one that I chose, this was a, this is the one that actually comes directly after it. So this is in conjunction with the uh, listening of the LP. It's the song called Speed Cop. And again, don't know how you say it in Russian because it's not my language, but yeah, Speed Cop. It's a, as the name would suggest, it is faster. It is only just over a minute and a half long. I believe it's a, yep, a minute 42. Yep. So, so there you go. This will uh, hold the attention span of most punks as it is mostly a <laughs> uh, punk rock song. <laughs> yeah, it is a punk rock song. It's uh, it comes out in the same filter of their, uh, oh man, whatever it is they have. Right. <laughs> muggy that muggy little uh uncleaned filter but it still is powerful enough to uh pull through and come out as something wonderful and that is speed cop you know if you if you want an idea of what it is it is uh talking about well authoritarian brutality again so uh not so much as on the mental side but more on the physical side you okay get, uh, lyrics like throw off blinders knock out the windows everything is possible if you're a speed cop <laughs> come an animal fuck the week everything is possible if you're a speed cop <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not sure if they are uh implying directly to uh, uh to the cops being uh to actual uh policemen in their area maybe i'm starting to think that speed cop is a bit of a metaphor for like a you know the drug police <laughs> Okay. You know, kind of going around looking for speed, you know? Okay. So, so I don't know. Maybe that's what they are doing because, you know, if you're, a, if you're a speed addict, you will go to any and all lens to get your fix. True. Yep. Throw off the blinders and knock out the windows. Everything's possible if you're a speed cop. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more towards on that side, but... But yeah, it does feel like you're just kind of uh, going around a dark alleyway, just kind of raiding any open door that you can find. And if the door's not open, kick it in. Okay, yeah. So so yeah, that's what uh, I feel is implied in the lyrics in this song. And and also the, uh, also the audio of this, the sonic output that comes with this one, it just feels like speed. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. So there was my one little bad joke of the day. Here's a, <laughs> here is a here is Speed Cop. This is the fast one.
Yes, definitely a bit shorter than the previous song there by Jars. <laughs> yep, so there you go. That's got to be uh, – that first one was a bit of a stay in execution. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, – so, yeah, that is Jars, the Jars 3 album. And, uh, yep, that was just two of the nine songs on there. Give the rest of the album a listen is uh, – yeah, it kind of goes back and forth with uh, the length of the songs. Some of them are, some of them are just over a minute. Uh, some of, well, one is just over a minute. One is like some of them are between the three and four minute mark. The last song, however, Moscow does not believe in tears, is over ten minutes. Wow. Yeah, and it's still a good one. It's still a good one. So, so yeah, Jars Three, they are on a roll. Excellent. I love these guys. Well, we'll look forward to Jars 4. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. Give us more. Give us four more. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Jars. Yep, Moscow putting out some pretty pretty intense music. Love it. Excellent. Yep, we had a yeah, we had Scots in the last one, and now we have Jars in this one. Kind of a similar similar output of stuff that's coming out from there. Right. Uh so yeah, we're gonna move on from there with uh, number four. And number four, it's a it's a collaborative album from two artists that have a similar uh, a similar mental output. A lot of uh, grim, a lot of dark imagery, and a lot of uh, very a lot of dreadful lyrics. Okay. But and these these artists in question are one Emma Ruth Rundle and Thou. And they are sonically different. Emma Ruth Rundle, she is a bit more of a, uh, she's a folk artist. She, uh, but a folk artist in the same way where it's just like a, a folk music, we listen to it and it's like, I am hurting. Whereas Thou is a sludge metal act, sort of in the same vein as a primitive man. Just long, captivating, slamming riffs and just, and disgustingly grim vocals okay. like that. So yeah, these two would make the perfect matchup, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a match made in whatever uh, the abyss. There you go. Say that match, <laughs> match made, made in abyss. That's perfect. Yep. Yeah, two uh, artists you'd you wouldn't think. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't think it would have such a tremendous sonic output, but they do because they're both coming from. Si- similar inspirations and yeah it is a give and take approach and this is kind of a cheat because they did label this uh this album as an ep the ep in question may our chambers be full but again time length is uh just under 40 minutes and i'm sure it's coming i'm sure it has come out on an lp itself yeah but they also technically yeah. an lp is 36 minutes right so that's even more than what an lp would normally hold yeah, but also another little uh, interesting thing I just found out as I was uh, looking this album up to that they have a part two on this. Wow. They've released another uh, subsequent EP, I guess, called The Helm of Sorrow. So, cool. Yeah, and that just came out on uh, in January, I believe. I believe on the 21st of January was the exact date. So, yeah, apparently... One album wasn't enough to cut it. They had to keep doing more. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure you're looking and forward I, to checking out that other one if you haven't already. I haven't. Like, I just found out about it today. So, <laughs> uh, 
okay, I got, I got to get on that. So that's awesome. So yeah, there is more to listen to, but we are going to be talking about this one. May our chambers be full. And yes, it is a fantastic recording. I, like I said, a lot of great strictly metal releases came out this year and or this last year and still come out of this year. What am I to say? <laughs> this one was just interesting just to listen to the sludge crossover with the, uh, with the moody uh, Gothic folk type of type approach. And it blends together so well because Emma Ruth Rundle, yes, yeah, she is very much a, a metal ally. She loves metal music. Otherwise she wouldn't have been doing this kind of in the same way that, uh, uh, that Chelsea Wolf has her approach with her music. It's a metal infused goth. Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of like a, uh, a different version of that. It doesn't sound like Chelsea Wolf. I'm not saying that at all, but it is coming from a similar, uh, a similar uh, cross threading. Okay. So yeah, you get a lot of, uh, and she handles the more uh, melodic side, as is expected. But and then it's uh, just counterpoint to the uh, to the screams and the growls coming from Thou's singer. So it's just a it's just cool to hear uh, Sledge get a little softer and folk get a little heavier. Excellent. So so yeah, and I'm not and yeah, this is one song. You know, you hear the band Thou, and they do have quite a few long songs. It is sludge metal, but. They say a bit more reserved on this uh, EP because folk songs they don't tend to be uh, more than uh, more than four minutes long in the most part. And there are some stuff that, uh, yeah, they have a couple songs that go uh, pretty long. They're pretty lengthy. Not boring though. But for the sake of uh, showing off the music on this episode, I chose one of the uh, shorter ones, but also one of the better ones. Magical cost. Excellent. Well. Yeah. Yep. Clocking in at just over uh, four minutes. Let's listen to the, let's listen to it. Let's hear how the folk kind of uh, compliments the sludge and vice versa. Let's do it. Because it really does a good job.
there was. Yeah, there it was. You know, it's funny in uh in a few parts in that song where it's just the that heavy sonic output with her uh, clean vocals, it sounds pretty close to uh, where uh, a lot of power metal bands came in. Awesome, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Can I have a power metal af- appeal? Uh, one writer said it has like a very uh, '90s alternative stuff, closely related to grunge. I'm like, yeah, I I can hear that in a little bit more of the cleaner guitar parts anyway good observations there yeah <laughs> so, so yeah it just goes to show what uh mixing those two genres can do so so yeah emma ruth rundle and thou and yeah i got to i gotta see what is up with this uh sub this uh preceding lp the helm of sorrow so we'll have to see. We'll have to see what that's all about. Maybe that'll get a play in uh, one of the next episodes of the SLC Punkcast. And also, I mentioned earlier the comparison to, of Emma Ruth Rundle to Chelsea Wolfe. They too are collaborating on some stuff. They actually just released a single. Well, not just released. It's a it's a couple weeks old. But yeah, a single called Anhedonia, and that is a. That is a phenomenal combination. You just think, yeah, Emma Ruth Rundle and Chelsea Wolfe, that sounds like a perfect matchup. That's cool. So, so yeah, I'm going to be giving that some uh, some exposure in the uh, following episodes of SSC Punkcast, now that we're getting a little looser with our uh, final, you know, the, the last songs that we play on that one. <laughs> yep, with the way we wrap the show up. Yes. Yep. But don't worry, I'll still do some metal. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I thought. We're going to mix it up, but then there's a lot of metal picks that I still want to get to. Oh, yeah. Just just open the ground a little bit more, (laughs) which is exactly what Emma Ruth and uh, uh, what ERR and Thou have done on this record. They opened up what seems to be like a new uh, hole in the abyss. It's like, okay, let's see. Let's see what other uh, things we can do. Thou has... uh, yeah, Thou has uh, crossed over with a few other artists and uh, did some did some EPs, did some splits, you know, and and yeah, things are the better for it, I believe. So, so yeah, and this album is no exception, and I'm sure that the uh, part two is of the same vocation. Great. So yeah, so yeah, that was a wonderful. I'm still gonna call it an album for the sake of argument. I don't know what's an EP anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you get to decide it's your list. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of my list, where you're coming into the uh, top three, one, two, three, the trinity of best releases of 2020. And we're gonna start off with one of my favorites, uh, my favorite newest metal band of this decade. The band Dust Lord. Oh God, I love Dust Lord. <laughs> right, right down to the fact that when I first when I first met them, they played a show really on the fly in one of uh, Sagan's Youth Arts Galleries, and just uh, literally the fact that it was like, you know, somebody saying it'd be really cool if a if a band played at this thing, and Dust Lord happened to be there. On chance, because uh, one of our friends brought them up from uh, 
uh, from their town in uh, Colorado. I can't, I can't remember which, which town it is. It's close to Denver. So <laughs> to uh, do a, to release their, not release, to record their LP up in, uh, up in Andy Patterson's studio, The Boar's Nest. And they were like, well, we got here a day early. What's going on tonight? Well, my friend's got this uh, art, sh- art gallery. Let's go check it out. So it was strictly by chance that they just decided, you know, we have all of our gear. Let's play a show. And they just did it on the fly. That's awesome. It's cool. So already I had a, yeah. So already I had a foundation of respect for these guys and their DIY approach and just loving the, and just loving what they do. And they've, uh, and yeah, they are, they are seen veterans in their, uh, in their hometown. They've been through uh, quite a few different bands, some of which was the opposite of uh, their doom metal approach. Uh, their guitarist and singer, Spike Wearley, he was in some grindcore bands. He was doing some uh, power violence bands and uh, stuff like that that was more closely related to uh, gutter punk, you know? Okay. And now, and now he's up here doing uh, Dust Lord stuff of equal passion. And I love that. That's I love cool. when guys could just transfer their stuff so seamlessly and yeah the album that they released machine cult came out 420 of last year (laughs) and it and it yeah and it adheres to that it's a lot of uh there's a lot of fantastical elements feels like it's coming from the uh realm of middle earth a lot of uh talks about a lot of magic a lot of uh fantastical elements and and yeah, it just feels like you're uh, going through a uh, trip down a uh, dark tunnel. Okay. And that's what the album cover suggests too, because it's just like this uh, scope, which looks like a tunnel, looks like a looks like the end of a sewer line. And just this uh, black mysterious figure just stands posing in the background, just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's really interesting, but yeah. It adheres to a lot of uh, sludge and doomy riffs, a lot of Black Sabbath worship, a lot of I Hate God worship, and and yeah, it's very much welcomed these days, in my opinion, especially when I was, uh, especially with a lot of us being quarantined and not able to leave the house, uh, and also in part to my to the recovery from my head injury, I couldn't really do much outside of just sit around and listen to music, so I found... Uh, I found that listening to very long songs with uh, long riffs was was the sort of mental medication I needed just to keep me occupied. That's great. <laughs> and and yeah, Dust Lord they are they are amazing guys, amazing musicians, and Machine Cult is an amazing album. And there is quite a few amazing songs on there. I'm gonna say quite a few. I mean about seven, eight maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, they do have some long songs, and the one that I chose is no exception. This one's a shade under uh, 10 minutes long, but we're not gonna we're not gonna bore you with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for those with shorter attention spans, you'll get at least half-ish, and then you'll hear hear it as Eric continues to talk about it. Yes. So let's get the song started. We're gonna We'll cut it off a little bit at the end when it starts to uh, draw to a close, but the song in question is Iron Effigy. In my opinion, probably the heaviest track on this record, and there's a lot of heaviness on here, I tell you. <laughs> well, let's see what you think. Yep. <laughs> 
not sure if I'm bringing it down in the correct place, but that's about the first seven minutes of the track right there. Yeah. Now this is a good this is a good spot to leave it on. It does that uh it does that little groovy uh, riffing up pretty much up until the end. Then it slows down a little bit to a uh, to a halt. Okay. But but yeah, in short, that is Dust Lord, a plethora of monolithic riffs, junkyard vocals, and outer dimensional lyrics, and uh, and drums as if they were being beaten by a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also, uh, they are from Colorado Springs. That's what it is. Just okay. a little uh, a little west of Denver, but still still pretty close to to have that Denver sonic appeal and a uh, weedian approach. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a I described it once as like a uh, I have this written down, a six-song doom swat weed-scented sludge bucket. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is what we call a machine cult. So, nice. so yeah, it's a surfacing. It's created on the surfacing ooze, metallic ooze, from Denver. Excellent. <laughs> so yeah, not too far out of uh, arm's reach, but yep. Inf- but yeah, I also like to say that cat is bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> is blessed to be part of the show i guess but but yeah it's uh the camaraderie between the vocals and the music and the lyrics they allow the album to surpass the familiar platitudes of doom metal that it's easily categorized as a a black sabbath carbon copy you know okay so yeah the riffs may teeter close to the paradigm but the aggressive attitude in the vocals promotes such deviation right yeah so and yeah I, I find them to be more closely related sonically to excuse me to I hate God than anything else but instead of uh, heroin it's weed so <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of uh, you kind of give or take <laughs> right so yeah and it and yeah their uh, connection to DIY culture and the fact that they are more closely related to uh, a lot of uh, punk than metal is uh is what intensifies their uh, their individuality like i said they had previous walks with more uh, punk affiliated uh, uh, music at least spike has and and yeah that's just what makes it that's just what makes it stand stand out to me the most, and and you know, doom metal is coming out like a they're a dime a dozen these days, you know. Sure. So, but yeah, there's always a few that kind of surpass that, you know that that paradigm of predictableness. It's like, oh yeah, we really listen to a lot of Sabbath and a lot of Sleep, and uh, yeah, this is kind of uh, this is kind of our version of that. Okay, it's a version, but it just kind of stops there. <laughs> yeah. But Dust, but Dust Lord is creating something, something different, and for that we thank them. And they're still going. They uh, put out a new uh, split EP with a. Uh, ah, I just lost the name. <laughs> Damn it! But if you look on their Bandcamp, you know they have it available for streaming and download, and uh, they used to have L. Uh, the records but i assume i think they sold out of them recently oh good for them 
Yeah, damn right, good for them. They're, yep. Uh, yeah, they're becoming a new. Uh, yeah, they're becoming all the rage now. <laughs> it's great news. Yeah, that is definitely great news, and it all started with Machine Cult. Like, God, this album is good. But, <laughs> but yeah, you already knew that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on the list. Right. Anyway, but yeah, there are two albums of which I think are better, and. Let's uh, go into that with my number two pick, the penultimate album of the penultimate greatest album of 2020. And that is rolling back to our little valley over here in Salt Lake. The one, the only, the King's Crow Killer. Awesome. Oh, yeah. And I don't have any songs picked for uh, this one because I basically played half the album in previous episodes. (laughs) like I said, they are the first band to have covered like pretty much every category in our uh, punk cast. I had them on the new track. I had them on the, uh, well, I didn't have them on older, lesser known because they are, they are known and they are new. So didn't really fit there. But I also had them as my metal pick. And I had this particular album, Bring Back the Blood, as my, as a great cover to cover album. And that it is like, Holy shit. <laughs> like it is a, it is coming back to the days of old school, late nineties, two thousands, hardcore, you know, right down to the fact where it's, uh, uh, where the album, uh, where a song just kind of, uh, slows down and gets a, uh, you know, and just kind of, uh, breathes a little bit where it's just like, a the drums are still playing in the background while some feedback from the amps is going and someone is yelling, this is fucking crow killer. Hardcore soul link straight edge. motherfucker!" That is a literal <laughs> thing in that song. I'm like, damn, I thought that died out in 2007. <laughs> Cause a lot of bands don't do that anymore. So, and that's what crow killer is. It's like a, it's coded with a lot of that nostalgia because, uh, the lead singer Blake Ford he is from that time he was he's been going to he's been can uh, what is it I, he's been uh, serving his time in the scene since the late 90s so in multiple bands That's some awesome. of which actually yeah yeah some of which I've uh, played on the show as well yeah it was one cool your jets that was that was what I played right and and yeah, he's got, yeah, and that was a funny, it's a funny comparison because that one has a bit more of a old school uh, youth crew, hardcore uh, output. Whereas this one is just straight like gutturals, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, the music itself, it, uh, it ranges bet- teetering between metal and hardcore. You know, they still label themselves as a, as a hardcore band, but you can't help but feel the influences coming from like, from like your respective Slayer or your respective Megadeth. Right. And yeah, and particularly in the uh, drumming. And I have to give a shout out to, uh, uh, to one Matt Lloyd. Uh, he's the youngest member of this, uh, of this group. And, and yeah, I've seen, I met him when we were still uh, teenagers before either of us were into the hardcore scene. We both, we were both like, he was more of a metalhead. I was more of a punk rocker back then, but then we kind of met the middle ground in hardcore at some point at the same time. And then we just uh, kind of went from there and he's been drumming in a lot of these types of bands. That's cool. And 
and yeah, phenomenal drummer, taking the, his metal influence on what he's learned as a drummer in that band or in in that time. And now he's like bringing it in and making a cohesive mixture with all the hardcore that he picked up along the way. So he's got a very phenomenal uh, drumming pattern going on in this one. If you listen to this album, it's just like, never sticks to the same riff. Never, uh, I never get bored by it. It's just such a wonderful album. That's awesome. (laughs) It holds no punches and that's expected of a band who's, uh, whose caliber bolsters their metallic hardcore uh, disposition. It's got slammers like Castigate and Contrite, and and they even updated a few, uh, a couple tracks from their previous EP, including Fight Back and It Comes in Waves. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, this one is definitely uh, this one's definitely a barn burner. Like, man, and it also has a. I also got a shout out to uh, Megan Golden, who is a uh, who's actually more of a swath country singer, but she actually provides guest vocals on the title track. Actually, there are two title tracks on here. There's "Bring Back the Blood" Part One and Part Two. <laughs> she is yeah, she is on Part Two, giving a bit more of the the melodic contrast. Cool. Yep. But yeah, it strikes the oh so familiar sense of declination. So. So yeah, bring back the blood and is not the title track. I believe it's a. Uh, I'm getting confused. It's enslaved to one. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, my number two album. I can't even get the damn title right. <laughs> thinking about something else. Yeah, I'm thinking about something else. Damn damn it. Just gonna <laughs> let me fact check myself real quick, just so I'm. Where did my mouse go? Yeah. Well, while you're fact checking, you've made it all the way down to number two. We're just about to hit number one. You're going to fact check yourself, and then we're hitting Eric's number one on his top LPs of 2020 list. Yes. Eric, did you find it? I found it. It is Enslaved to One. Okay. Uh, Okay. The title track appears only once. Okay. Yeah, Bring Back the Blood was one of the first uh, singles that was released. On this, uh, you know, to promote this album, so I guess I still hold on to that. Uh, I guess I'm still holding on to the fact that oh, it's the first song that was released. It's obviously the title. So, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a that was a skivvy on my part. But well, you you live and you learn. So. So yeah, don't look up, uh, I mean, yes, look up Bring Back the Blood. It is a title, it is a song on there, not a title track. It's <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Yes. The whole album's a good one, Enslaved to One. So yes, Crow Killer, Enslaved to One, my second pick of the best albums of 2020. Keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Also, a little bit of a plug here. I interviewed Blake Ford last year in... Uh, and just to just to kind of see what Crow Killer was doing, they had this new album come out right as the uh, right as the plague hit Utah. They were set to go on tour with uh, Sanction, and the whole thing got canceled. Oh. So, so yeah, it just really sucks that this album isn't getting this the type of promotion that it is, which is going out and playing shows and spreading the word on your own, you know, on your own dime, pretty much. Right. 
Yeah, and now they, yeah, it was just a, it was just a sad mixture, just a, the wrong recipe added to this, uh, what should have been an amazing stew. But, but yeah, hopefully this year they will get that chance to, to bring back the blood. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Okay, now we are at number one. We are at the what I consider to be the uh, best album of 2020. This is the one that stuck with me the most. This is the one that got the most listens. And I played quite a bit of it on the podcast. It is the album Shame from the band Uniform. Awesome. And yep, it's it seems to be coming back with a this kind of revival of industrial music as we know it. We've got we got weird electronic dancey beats that feel like you're dancing around in mud. If and it feels like you're entering a room where every you're entering a house where every light seems to be turned off and won't turn on again. Almost like the electricity is out. And at the same time, you just feel like the, you feel the grim feeling, you feel the dread, but you also feel the anger and you just can't explain why. And that is what I get from these guys. <laughs> Uniform has been around for a while. They've been, uh, they've been, uh, they've been floating around with a few other albums and making some collaborations with, uh, with the likes of the body. You know, who are just a uh, straight up harsh noise. And, and yeah, everything that they do, they just kind of pick something up along the way and then they add it to their musical output. And this is where Uniform stands now with his album Shame. It just sounds like a, it just sounds like a very seamless evolution of the band itself. Right. And, and yeah, this is where they stand now. I did play a couple of songs on the, on the SLC Punkcast, and I'm going to have one repeat here. It is the, the shorter one, the one that has a more of a hardcore punk rock sound, a bit more of the faster stuff. You know, it's kind of the kind of what Jars has with Speed Cop. This is their version, Dispatches from the Gutter. Got a, yeah, it's got a gutter punk edge to it, and I love it. Awesome. Well, let's get yeah. into that one, then you'll have one more. Yeah, we do.
another reason why I chose that song is that riff in the end. <laughs> yeah, just one of those uh, things where the yeah the lyrics do speak of the song, but the riffs they do a lot of the talking. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that is definitely uh, stuff that's on the uh, faster side. A lot of uh, that's the thing they cover all grounds. It's like speed tempo, mid tempo, and slow tempo. And that is where the other song comes in. This is the one I wanted to play the most, but I figured, you know, it's the best album. I gotta give it some more love. I gotta play some, uh, I gotta play at least one more track. And that's where uh, Dispatches came from to kind of act as the contrast to uh, the title track here. The title track, in case you forgot, is Shame. And it is a title track. I know that this album is called Shame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're right. I can see it right now. I can confirm. Yeah. Though for a, yeah, though for a minute, I did have it backwards. I thought the band was called Shame and the album was called Uniform. So the, it's Her, irrelevant, right? What their name is. They're the best album of the year, regardless. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it is a name. The name is true. And yeah, the, the name is Shame. And Shame is a bit more on the slower side. It does have more of a... Uh, a downstroken doomy appeal to it just dun 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 so yeah like i said you're entering a uh, a dark house you're entering in the dark room and you can't help but feel like you got to move slowly and you're just kind of a uh, okay bum, 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 bum. things that are going bump in the dark things living inside the walls behind the doors of which you can't open that's what it feels like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is, uh, and anyway, I think this is kind of an accurate representation of how 2020 felt for a lot of people. You don't feel like there is, uh, it felt like the, this year was never going to end, but like there was just too much stuff happening and just weighting us down and we just have to move slowly and slowly, just slower. And yeah, that's just kind of how uh, I feel this album portrays that year sonically, at least in my opinion. You know, you don't know what's going to be coming up. You don't know what's going to burst out from outside of the walls. <laughs> and when it does, you're shocked, but you adjust to it. Right. Yeah, it may not be your friend, but you learn to tolerate it. So, right. so yeah. But that's not what I think about this album. I think this album is my friend. I think we've really gotten to know each other for the past uh, six or seven months. So, yeah. Uniform, Shame, my favorite album. Let's listen to the title track.
yeah, God is fucked up like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, there you go. The, uh, those are all my favorite releases of last year, the top 10 EPs and the top 11 albums. And, and yeah, uniform stands at the tippity top of this mountain of amazing sonic output. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not saying, uh, and by no means, I'm not saying it's better than what lies beneath it. No, it's just the, it's just the best representation of their music, in my opinion, and it's the one that stuck with me the most. So, so yeah, and I'm still trying to be as uh, communal as possible. I mean, I love every one of these records. Why else would, if they, if they didn't, they wouldn't be on the, if I didn't, they wouldn't be on the list. And, but even there are some albums on here that didn't make it on the list because again, I tried to be a little bit more uh, cohesive. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, some honorable mentions will have to go. I got to give some, uh, some love to the new ulcerate record. That was a wonderful uh, kind of a kind of a doomy death release, and a lot of people are loving that one. The new Necrot was also pretty amazing. Uh, also, the Frozen Soul record that almost made it as a top twelve. Okay, yeah, but the only reason being that I discovered it a little late, and it didn't exactly uh, I didn't exactly get enough time to absorb it and really uh, listen to it before I made the list, but. But yeah, I will. Uh, I will still hone hone that album as a wonderful release. And and yeah, there was there's some more. The new Ditch in the Delta was good too. And I'm sure I'm missing uh, quite a few. Gag Order had a lot of fun tracks on their new release. I believe it was a yeah, that was an EP. Yeah, and also the Pup EP. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, that was some fun. Uh, Fun little uh, indie punk rock explosion on there, but again, they uh, just didn't quite make the didn't quite make the cut. It, otherwise, this would have been a top fifty list. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is going to be very different than Eric's. I hope you enjoyed Eric's, but when you hear mine, I'm going to discuss probably like twenty times more albums than he did. That might be an exaggeration, but in a far more brief. Uh, less descriptive manner than than Eric. So don't get your hopes up that I will <laughs> talk about everything in, in such detail as Eric did. I'm going to tell you what I thought was good, what I considered for the top, what was in the top that I considered for the the top top, and then what probably is the top for me. And I'm going to do it quickly, and you're going to hear some songs, but definitely do not expect all the fun details that Eric provided about his top 10 and top 11. Yes. Uh, if anything, <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum, you know, if you don't provide a lot of details, then that just uh, that just kind of influences them to go and make decide the details for themselves. Right. Yeah. Mine is you're going to find out what I like, hear a few, and then you can go decide if you, you like what I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, everyone's opinion is different. So, uh, so yeah, feel free to uh, yeah feel free to leave some uh, comments. What were your favorite releases of uh, last year? You know, do you uh, 
Uh, do you agree with uh, us at all? Do you Did you love the records I talked about? Did you hate them? And are you scratching your head as to why I considered putting them on the list? Anything of that sort? You know, we like to we like to hear opinions as well. Right. Absolutely. Love the feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Or even better, was there a was there a release on here from a band of which you have never heard? And now you're checking them out and you feel, oh yeah, I think I like these guys now. <laughs> Or did we change your opinion on a band? I mean, that's that's also pretty cool as well. Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, but but yeah, that's just uh, that's just stuff on you. Now the ball's in your court. You tell us what you think. Do it. Hope you enjoyed both parts of Eric's. Keep tuning in to SLC Punkcast. Last episode was two hundred one, two hundred two is coming up, and next weekend after two hundred two. You'll get my top EPs, LPs, and whatever else I throw in on that episode. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for tuning in for Eric's second part to his top 20 of 2020. I guess top 21 overall between the two. Top 10 and top 11, we'll call it that, of 2020. Until the next one. Play the fucking outro. (laughs) 